You're listening to a message from the church at Rutledge. For more information about TCAR, please visit thechurchatrutledge.org. Hello. Hey, the mic worked the first time this morning. Must be a good day. Somebody's been praying, haven't they? We're starting a new uh, series on prayer. And um, I was I wanted to wear a pink shirt today just to pick on Marty because Marty has pink eyes. Okay, That wouldn't have been too smart, would he? He probably wouldn't have got the humor in that, would he? <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, some, some would. Um, but anyway, uh, do be praying for Marty. Um, he won't be here. He don't want to cause anybody else any anguish or distress. So anyway, um, he called me about 7.30 last night and said, well, um, here's what I'm preaching on. Um, why don't you do that? What do you think? And I said, well, um, this time at least you called me the night before instead of the morning of. So he gave me a whole extra 12 hours to, to pray and uh, be all nervous. But anyway, um, Prayers at midnight, we'll get to that after a while. Prayers at midnight is uh, kind of the title I gave this, and you'll see what we're, what I'm talking about when I get to it. But um, the first few verses that we're going to look at is in Matthew chapter 6. When uh, Jesus was here t- teaching his disciples and talking with his disciples, he went up on the mountain to kind of get away, and of course the crowds followed him and, and the disciples followed him. So they got up there on the mountain and so Jesus sat down and he started teaching the disciples. And he taught them a whole lot of stuff in chapter 5. You all can go back and, and read all that when you want to. There's just all kinds of stuff in there. But in chapter 6 he starts talking to them about um, how to give and, and how to pray. And the disciples, you know, they um, they knew about prayer. They had been around. Uh, some of them had. Some of them hadn't. Some of them were just uh, sailors, you know, and you know what sailors do. <laughs> they have that reputation anyway. But uh, they uh, needed to know how to pray. And we need to know how to pray too. It's pr- it's easy for us to pray when things are really hard. You know, um, like when somebody calls you at 7.30 in the evening and says, hey, will you preach tomorrow? <laughs> and uh, I have to admit there was a time or two between last night and this morning, that I had a just a little bit of trouble breathing, like you know I had a like a like I had a burden burden on here, kind of pushing down, and I had a little trouble breathing. But y'all can see I'm still breathing, right? So uh, the Lord answers prayers, okay? And sometimes we pray those little short prayers. Um, uh, you you you're late for an appointment or late for work, and you're speeding. No, you're not speeding. You're going quickly. And you're trying to get there, and you pull up to a, or you're getting close to a light, and so you kind of whisper a prayer, Lord, let that, let, let that light stay green. Let that light stay green. And sometimes that light stays green. You zip right on through, right? It don't happen that way for me. Usually the light turns yellow and red, and I have to slam on the brakes, and everybody in the truck kind of goes forward. But anyway, uh, we, we pray at odd times, and, and we pray... We don't have to be reminded to pray when things are tough. But I want to share with you this morning that we we need to be always praying. Pray without ceasing. And so 
As we look in uh, Matthew five, uh, Matthew six, verse number five, I'm going to I'm going to be reading out of the N N I V, and this is probably going to be N A S V. So it's going it's going to be a little different, but it's going to be pretty close. So you all get both versions at one time, and I may just throw a few thousand these in there just for the fun of it, keep you awake. But anyway, Jesus was teaching the disciples about prayer, and he said, "And when you pray." Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. First of all, he starts out kind of telling them how not to pray. Um, the, the first phrase there, let me get that first though. He said, and when you pray. He didn't say if you pray or um, one of these days you might pray. He said, when you pray. So he's talking to the disciples there. And what he's telling us is that we need to pray all the time. When you pray, it's, it's just like um, he expects us to pray. It's just a given. So when you pray, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. And he, of course, we know what a hypocrite is. There's someone that uh, usually pretends to be something they're not, something that's not real. And he, and he describes how the hypocrites pray. He said, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues. So that'd be similar to us today, um, standing up in, in church and just maybe making a big to-do about it. And uh, I had a friend one time, well, no, he was actually married into the family, okay? So I don't know if he was a friend or not. But uh, he, was, he was older than me, and uh, he loved to pray. And, and even as I was growing up, I felt a little odd about his praying because what he would do he, he would always be ready to pray now it, there's nothing wrong with being ready to pray we need to be ready to pray if you're not ready to pray you will be because life needs prayer okay but anyway he would he would stand and i even hesitate to do this but he would stand and he would raise both hands way up like that and there's nothing wrong with that and he would shout or pray really loudly, or in Kentucky we called it holler. He would holler, okay, as if as if uh, he he had to 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 be loud enough so that God could hear him. Maybe you know maybe um, maybe God's off of fishing or hunting or something, and and he has to wake him up. So he would pray really loud, and uh, I'm, I'm just going to confess to you right now. I don't know what he prayed about. I cannot remember. I, I just I just know. <laughs> I just know it was just before we ate and I was ready to eat. Y'all didn't know that about me, did you? Listen, you don't have to pray long prayers. Thank you, Lord, for the food. Okay, let's eat. So anyway, this here reminds me of him. I'm not going to mention his name because some of his family may be watching and I hope they're not. Well, I hope they are. But I could, I could apologize to them later. <laughs> I pray that they see the humor in this. <laughs> but they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners, and on the street corners. Um, there's nothing wrong with praying on the street corners. Uh, a good place to do a prayer walk is on the street corners and pray as you go. Uh, just ask God to, to, to even bless the people that's going to be walking by that way that day. Just be praying for those things. But these folks, they were, they were hypocrites about it, and they loved to pray on the street corners. Why, why did they like to pray or love to pray on the street corners? The next, to be seen, to be seen. So 
So when when Jesus said about these hypocrites here that prayed on the street corners to see to be seen by others, he said, truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. You know what that means, right? That means their prayers did not go any higher than the voice would carry it. They had their reward. They were they were seeking attention. They were seeking maybe the approval of others. Maybe they were seeking um, uh, other people to look at them with pride and say, oh, uh, when you grow up, son, I want you to be just like that old guy that is praying on the street corner, just not being ashamed of the Lord, right? You've heard that before. So but Jesus said, that's, that's all that they're going to get. It wouldn't that be pitiful if, if we just prayed and there's, there was nothing about it, nothing answered? But God answers our prayers always. I want, I want you to remember that. He always answers our prayers. God loves to say yes to us, okay? And sometimes when we, when we pray, God says yes. I, that's, that's something that I don't mind doing, and, and uh, you've been a pretty good boy this year. <laughs> So, uh, Merry Christmas, right? Anybody get what you wanted for Christmas? Come on now. Of course, Marty talked about it. You're probably already tired of it, right? You wanted to take it back, but you didn't get a receipt. <laughs> and they look at you kind of weird when it's been opened and no receipt, right? But uh, praying and getting what you want for. Some, I mean, what you want. God, God loves to bless His people. And He wants to give us the desires of our hearts. So sometimes when we pray, the answer is yes, and there's no hesitation. But sometimes we pray, and God just says no. <laughs> you, you, uh, well, I, I, let me change that word. You didn't hear that word, did you? It's right here. It didn't come out. But He says, um, "That's ridiculous. You, you, uh, <laughs> you shoot your eye out, <laughs> right? You, uh, that's going to harm you. Y'all that don't didn't watch that movie at Christmas, it's, it's all right. But I watch it every year." Um, but sometimes when we pray, the answer is just no, because God, he knows everything and he knows us and he knows everything about us. And so sometimes when we pray, God just says, no, I, you're not going to get that. That's not good for you. And so then we get mad and we sometimes stomp off and pout a while. Well, I ain't even going to go to Bible study this week. Then. All right. We just get mad at God. Come on now. You do. I, I get mad at God sometimes, but God can handle it. Because he's God, right? So we pray, and, and sometimes the answer is no. But now sometimes the answer is wait a while. You're, you're not ready for that, so let's just wait a little while. What are some of the kind of some of the prayers that you prayed when you were younger? Think about that. Back when you were younger, child, maybe some of the childhood prayers you've heard. What about the one um, before you before you eat? Okay, God is good. No, no, no. God is great, God is good, and we thank Him for our food. And that don't even rhyme, you know. But as a kid, we didn't care. We are just getting ready to eat. So that was the prayer, right? And then what, what about the one that, that uh, a lot of children said before they went to bed? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I don't know where that came from. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. 
that wasn't a place to get all emotional, I don't think. But anyway, it brought back some memories. <laughs> um, but if you think about it, that's kind of a scary prayer for a child. If that child thought about that, he might die, die before the next morning. Lord, if I die tonight, you, you, you got to take me. Fetch me Jesus. Right? So that's the kind of a scary prayer. But those are the kind of things that we pray. And here, here's the thing about praying about those weird prayers. You know, God hears us any way we mess it up or any way we get it right. He knows, well, I'm getting, I'm getting way ahead here, but He knows all about us. He knows what we need. And He knows what's best for us. So as we pray, the, the Holy Spirit is making intercession for us. <laughs> I don't know if the Holy Spirit ever says, now, now, God, he didn't mean that. That was, that was kind of silly there. I wanted to use the word stupid, but I don't. That, yeah, that's not a good word. That's silly right there. Uh, God, don't pay attention to that. But see, God answers our prayers, and he, he can interpret. Interpret? Yeah. He can do that, no matter what. So no matter how bad we mess it up, he knows what's best for us. And so the, 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 um, synagogue, the rulers or the people in the synagogue, they had the reward. And he said they have the reward in full. But when you pray, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. The, the place where we pray is important. And we can pray anywhere. You guys know that. Um, I remember uh, driving on snow and ice. And usually snow and ice don't bother me because I saw snow every winter, a lot of it, just a little bit north of here. I moved to Tennessee, and I was so disappointed the first year that I lived here because we didn't get any snow. We got a little, just a little bit of white on the ground, but it wasn't much, and it was gone the next day. I was disappointed because I love snow. But anyway, I remember one time I was driving in the snow and just paying no mind, but then the vehicle started kind of scooting. And so I started praying, Lord, <laughs> keep this thing in the in the road. I would do a country song reference right here, but I don't care much for that song, so I won't. <laughs> Some of y'all can just imagine what it is and sing it to yourself if you want to. But uh, you know, I needed the Lord's help. I was about to I was about to crash out. So I was praying, going down the road. I had my eyes open. Okay, you don't have to close your eyes when you pray. All right, because God knows. He can hear. He can see. He, he knows our hearts. He knows what we need. So don't close your eyes when you're driving. Okay? So you're going down the road. You can pray when you're driving. You, you can pray. You can pray just for a big test. That, that's a good time to pray. I, I mean, now it don't work. It don't work. I don't know. Some of you guys are in school still. Some of you went back again and again and again. <laughs> that was me. I'm talking about me. I've been... I should have been a doctor. <laughs> but anyway, um, where was I? I don't know. I was test before school. Okay. You got a big test and you're studying, right? Or you're not studying. I don't know. College students don't study, do they? I didn't study in high school. Came out pretty good. I still had to study in college. But you have a big test and you start praying. 
And it's just before the test. And you're praying, God, let me do well on this test. I need to do, you know, I didn't do so well on that last test. I need to bring my grade up a little bit. It's, it's not looking good. And so you're praying. But now listen, God will not give you something that you don't have, that you don't study. You see, God is in the miracle business, but we, we have to use our brain a little bit. If you have a test, study. And then when you pray, say, Lord, you know I've studied. Please help me to, to remember what I've studied. Bring it back to my mind. And he will, he will bless that. I, he, I know God pulls us out of the furnace sometimes, like he did the Hebrew children when we're in trouble. But God expects us to do our part when we pray. So if you're going to have a test, you need to study. And then ask God to bring back to your remembrance what you studied. Um, I remember studying at night uh, the second time I went to college. <laughs> um, first time I was undecided for a few months and just quit. But anyway, went back the second time. And I remember studying at night. And uh, I'd be laying on the couch studying and reading. And I'd wake up with about a half drink canned Diet Mountain Dew in my hand. Like that got me through a couple of years of college, y'all. So I, I remember studying. But I, I put in I put in the hours, and so uh, I I did pretty well in college. Uh, you couldn't tell it by the way I talk, but uh, I made good grades. So God he he will answer our prayers, but but we need to do our part, and so we need to we need to find a place to pray. The place is important. If you don't have a a, a certain place that you pray, then it's easier not to pray. Okay. I had a I had a um, Sunday school teacher in, in when I was pastoring in Kentucky, and he had a bunch of kids and a loud wife. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> the the places that my mind goes sometimes. But anyway, um, he was he was a, the adult Sunday school teacher, and uh, the only place that he could pray and study was in the bathroom. He had one bathroom in that whole whole house. And we lived in the country, so I know he's, he had boys. So I know the boys hit the woods a lot, okay? But uh, he would study uh, in his bathroom. And he had his, he had his uh, study material and his Bible sitting around the throne. <laughs> so anyway, he would study in the bathroom. That was his place. Now, that sounds a little silly. But but whatever the place needs to be for us, you know, we need to have a place, a regular place that we go before God and pray. We need that. And if, if we don't, a lot of times we just we just won't pray. We won't pray until we do the um, SOS prayers. Right. So we need we need to find a place. And here um, it talks about going into a room that's talking about privacy, trying to find a place where you won't be interrupted. Man, isn't life full of interruptions today? I mean, there's all, all the time something pulling for our attention, interrupting. And so we need a place, a quiet place, a place that we won't be interrupted. And close the door and pray to your Father. Pray to your Father. We need a, a, a place to pray every day. Because... If you have a friend and you don't talk to them, you drift apart quickly, quickly. 
So we need to talk with God every day. We need to communicate with the one that loves us and knows everything about us. I know very few people today that I went to high school with. If I had to start writing down their names, it would take me a while to write their names down. Yeah, I'm, I know I'm getting old and it's been a long time, right? But there's very few people that I went to high school with that I can even remember their name. And I, I've, I don't have contact, I don't think, with any of the ones that I actually graduated with. That's If you don't talk with people, you lose contact. So we need that time with God in a place. And he said, we pray, go in there and pray and to your father who is unseen. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. He will reward you. That's hard for me to say that word, reward. But God wants to bless us. He wants to, to give us the things that we need, that we desire. He knows what we need. We need just to ask. He said, hey, um, there's one verse of scripture that says, you have not because you ask not. Book of James. Just read the whole book. It's good for us. Uh, that, by the way, you'll know where it is. Then your father who sees in secret what is done will reward you. And when you pray, and, when, and there's that when again, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. You have, have you ever heard someone lead in prayer and bless their heart? You know what's coming up, right? Bless their heart. They would pray so long, soup got cold. <laughs> what are you thinking about that? Why did they pray so long? Well, sometimes, now I'm not picking on anybody, but sometimes that's an indication that that person, that person hadn't been praying. They had to catch up, right? Have you ever had to do that? Have you ever had to catch up on your prayers? Lord, I, pastor, the pastor or somebody wants you to lead in prayer and you just have that feeling come over you. I've not been praying much lately. What am I going to do? So even, even just in case you start praying, Lord, forgive me for my sins. I, I, I praise your holy holy name. In Jesus' name. You, know, you say a little quick prayer so you can get into leading everybody else in prayer. And I've done, you've done that. Don't don't tell me you've not. I've, I do it. I mean, it's just, it's there's something, well, it's interruptions and things pulling us away from God. It's just, there's a constant pull. So we have to fight to stay prayed up. That's a good, good Baptist word right there. You've got to stay prayed up. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. Just on and on and on. Um, what if you what if you took you a uh, you you think that God's impressed by your many prayers and many words? So what you do is you take you a um, index. What are they called? Roller decks? Is that what they call them? That, I'm, that's old. I know everything's in these now, right? Everything's right here. I still have a few numbers written down here, there, and yonder. Okay, I'm fighting. I'm fighting the system. But anyway, we have a roller deck, and so you write on there. A prayer, okay, and then you just walk by your desk every now and just flip that roller deck, roller decks, and so those prayers go on up. Isn't that silly? That's silly, isn't it? But there's some religions that believe that kind of stuff. You know the prayer wheel. You heard of that? Okay, I know it's in a song that we like to sing, but it's not real biblical. But anyway, 
the, the pagans would think that if they kept on babbling or kept on saying the same thing over and over and over that God would hear it. Now, back to this. God knows what we need before we ask. So when we pray, we can ask him in faith, believing, and, and just leave it there. Let him take care of it. Now, he, he might want us to remind him later on, you know, what we was needing. But we don't need to say it over and over and over because God heard us the first time, right? He knew what was on our mind before we even prayed that prayer. So, he said, don't be like the pagans and just keep on babbling, for they think they will be heard because of their many, many words. Okay? So, try to remember. Now, don't get all subconscious about this when I say this, but try to remember. When we pray, we can just be straight with God. He's a big God. He knows what we need. He, he, knew what we need. he knew what we needed yesterday. He knows what we need today. No, I don't need that. <laughs> I think about food. I think about food every now and then. Um, Lord, help me. Y'all need to pray. <laughs> don't be like the heathen, for they think they will be heard by because of their many, many words. So when you pray, if you pray out loud, try to keep it short. I mean, you know, God, God people are hungry. Children are crying. Man. But anyway, I'm not telling you how to pray. You pray any way God leads you to pray. That's the way to pray. But it's not going to do any good to have a 10-page prayer on one request. I just, I don't, if God tells you to do that, that's fine, you do it. But um, many words is not going to do it. It's, it's the heart. It is the heart. Do not be like them, for your father, here, here's the catcher right here, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. He knows what we need before we ask him, before we even ask. So that brings up another question. If God knows everything and he knows what we need, he knows where we are and he knows everything about us, why do we even need to pray? He already knows, right? He knows. He knows what we need before we ask. Why? God wants that fellowship with us. He wants that intimate time with us. He wants, he wants to be that friend that sticks closer than, than a brother. Okay? I don't have a brother, so I can, get, I can just imagine. I got a sister. I don't, I don't tell you what I say about her, but I say a lot of things about her. But anyway, he wants to be that one friend that's always there. And he is always there. Sometimes we move away, but he's always there. So he, he wants to have that relationship with us. And he wants us to realize. Did we already sing that song, Lord, I Need You? We did, didn't we? He wants us to realize that we need him. All the time. I mean, he's watching over us even when we're asleep. Okay? But we, we need to, to know and realize that I can't do, I can't do anything without him. I, I, I do not, I, I hope and pray that if you're here this morning or you're listening, that if you don't know the Lord, that you will just talk with him today. He's, he's there waiting. But, but let me say this. He wants us to realize that He is God and that we do need Him. 
We, we need him all the time, every day, every hour. Even the air that we breathe comes from him. So the reason that God wants us to pray, to talk with him, is so that we know that we need him. I need him. We need him. So that's why we need to pray, even though he knows. And after, after Jesus said this long paragraph here, then he says, this then is how you should pray. And then he teaches the disciples how to pray. And all those that were listening, I don't know how many people there were there besides the disciples. But place and time is really important in our prayer lives. And I want to share with you one scripture, one scriptural passage that that share, that brings this to light. It, it tells us about the place and the time. If you turn to Acts chapter 16, look at verse 16, and they'll have it on the screen. Acts 16, verse 16. This, this is an, a, an example from God's word about the place and time for prayer. There, there's several places in the Bible where people were in, in prison and beat up and left for dead. And you, th- those folks prayed. They, uh, they, they needed God. We need God. The world beats us up. So 16, Acts 16, 16 says, Once when we were going to the place of prayer, this is Paul and Silas, and um, this, is in the book, this is in the book of Luke, or book of Acts, and Luke is the one writing it all down. So, so Luke is saying here, we, that we means Luke, Paul, Silas, and several of the other followers of Christ. He said, once when we were going to the place of prayer. So they had a certain place that they went to to pray all the time. It was just their place, okay? Um, I know they moved around a lot, so they probably had a place to pray in each town that they went to or each little village, but they went to a certain place here to pray. And we were met by a female slave who had had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She was a fortune teller or a soothsayer. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. Don't, don't go to those things, okay? Don't call their number, all right? Talk to God. He, he's the only true fortune teller. He's the only one that really knows the future. Everybody else is just guessing, okay? I know some of you believe that stuff. But she, she, uh, they were making a bunch of money off it. See, that's what it's about. It's about the money. She followed Paul and, and the rest of us, and she was shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God. Who are you? Who are telling you the way to be saved? Sounds like she's prophesying right there, doesn't it? But it was the way she was doing it. She kept this up for many days, and finally Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, "See, it wasn't her; it was an evil spirit." And he said, "In Je- in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her." And at that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, see that word money coming back up there again, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews 
and are throwing our city into an uproar. I, I, wish, I wish that people could say that about you and me, about us. We're telling people about Jesus, and it's just causing things to be in an uproar. By advocating customs unlawful for us, Romans, to accept or practice. We're Romans. We don't believe in that Jewish God. They're telling things that's just not true. Uh, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates or ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. Now, that word stripped there don't mean they just took their shirt off like they do in the Westerns, okay? All right? Y'all can just kind of use your imagination there if you want to. I know it's kind of early. So they were beaten with rods, and after they had severely flogged, after they were severely flogged, flogged, they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. So they were in trouble. Uh, short intermission, okay? I've I've got something in my a tickle in my throat, and I know I'm going to I'm going to cough if I don't get a little drink of water. There's no uh, cool way to do that, okay? Not in front of everybody. So don't try it. All right. So they the the jailer. He said, "Man, this these guys are, are bad dudes, and I'm going to put them right out in the very most severe." Not not severe. Maximum security. That's the word I was looking for. We're going to tie these boys up. They're not going to get away. And so the jailer, his his life kind of, kind of depended on that too. So they were in the stocks. And they, they were not going anywhere. But then about midnight, something happened. So it's okay to pray in a certain place. But sometimes the place is chosen for you. Right? These guys were in prison. So about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. So they were praying at midnight in the prison. So that's place and time. And the other prisoners were listening to them. It must have been a Saturday night and they didn't have a whole lot to do. So they just started praying and singing and all the other guys were listening in. And, and listen. Paul and Silas may have been really good singers. I don't know. But everybody was listening. It was something, if, if nothing else, it was something really odd, wasn't it? I mean, if somebody, if somebody beat you half to death and throwed you in jail just because you were resisting arrest, you know, put you in jail, how many of us would feel like singing at midnight? We'd, we'd be licking our wounds wanting to go to sleep, wouldn't we? We'd be calling... Anybody to come and come get us out, you know, even even maybe if it was or even if it maybe was our fault. How many of you guys have been in jail and are person left at mid? I've been in jail one time. All right, so you all a pretty good crowd. <laughs> you make it rough to preach. There's not much sin in here. <laughs> anyway, I'll tell y'all my jail story sometime. It was short, but wasn't that wasn't that sweet? But anyway, they were praying and the other prisoners were listening and suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. 
all at once, or at once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came off. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison, prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. You see, the, the, the jailer, it was his life for the prisoners if they escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. Now, isn't this, isn't this a weird story? These guys got beat half to death for telling people the best news in the world. And they were put in prison. And they started singing and praying and praying and singing. And then there's an earthquake. Just odd stuff. And the jailer woke up and said, Man, everybody's gone. My, my, my inmates have escaped. I'm in trouble. So the only thing I know to do is I'll just kill myself before they kill me. Right? You've seen people in the old... I, I, I watch a lot of westerns, okay? Suicide by cattle stampede. Y'all seen that before? <laughs> Man. That must be a rough way to go. But this jailer, he was just going to take out a sword and just, I don't know, just probably go in his stomach with it. That'd be the place that I would think would be the place. But he was about to kill himself and, and Paul said, Man, don't do that. Don't harm yourself. We are all here. Now, I, I, I bet that jailer was just so confused. Because listen, if the jailhouse doors are open, most people are going to run out of there, right? Especially, especially those that are facing death probably the next day. You know, Paul and Silas, they weren't looking to get out on, uh, on bail or... Um, getting a reduced sentence or getting um, probation. They weren't looking for that. They were expecting to be killed the next day because that's what was going on. That was what, that was, what was happening to Christians. But they, they were praying and they were singing and the jail doors opened and the jailer was about to kill himself. And so the jailer, he said, well, let's turn on some lights, see what's going on. And he rushed in and he fell trembling before Paul and Silas. I mean, he was... He was really shaken up because he thought he was about to die. And then the guys that he thought got away were still there. And, and they were saying, man, don't don't hurt yourself. We're still here. And so he, he was uh, bowing before them. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? This is probably the most direct place that you will find that question in all of Scripture. What must I do to be saved? And Paul and, Paul and Silas replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved in your household. And then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. And so you all, you all know the rest of the story. They, they brought Paul and Silas out and they, they cleaned up their wounds. And his whole household came to God, came to the Lord because of what was going on. Now, what if Paul and Silas did like what most people would do when they were beaten and thrown in prison? How, how many of us would, would uh, be singing at midnight? I don't know. I, I, would, I would be like an old hound dog. I'd be over there licking my wounds and trying to get some relief. I, that's what I would be doing. But these guys, they prayed and they sang, and that's what got them put in prison. And they were going on with that. So the old jailer, 
he um, he was saved. His whole family was saved. They were baptized. I don't know how many people were there. I, I would say probably some of the, the inmates were probably uh, saved, probably turned to, to the God uh, and was saved. So anyway, the, the place that we pray, it does matter. We need a place to pray. The time, we just need to pray all the time. Pray when you need to pray and pray when you don't think you need to pray because tomorrow something might happen and we don't have time to pray and we're doing that little catch-up prayer. Lord, Lord, help me. That's, that's short, Lord, help me. Three little words, Lord, help me. Or like the, like the old lady said, fetch me Jesus. Fetch me Jesus. I mean, we're in trouble. We need Him, right? But we need, I, I want to, listen, we need to stay prayed up. Our, the place we pray, we need a place and we need a time. We, we need to just, just do it. Right? I need to exercise, but I don't want to. But I need to. I know that. I've gained about 10 pounds in two months. Of course, y'all didn't know that I wore these shirts, right? But we need, there's some things we need to do. And praying in a certain place at a certain time every day is really important. I want to pray for us in just a second, but I want to remind you, um, coming up January the 20th, we're going to be praying right here, and uh, we're going to have somebody come up and share with us, lead us, uh, Rocky, some of y'all know Rocky Ramsey, uh, the Corinth Church, uh, the 20th, so come on up and pray with us then. If you don't know how to pray, just listen. Um, you know, some people's been praying a long time. Not, not not necessarily learning a whole lot, maybe, but but you know, you you learn by practice and, and listening. So come out and pray with us on the twentieth, and we'll uh, we'll share with you the time and all that. But I would like for us to pray right now and just ask God to bless our time. Lord, you know what we need. You know where we are. You know how far we are away from you. You know how close we are to you. You are all that we need and we know that god we pray that you would help each and every one of us just to look to you and be willing to allow you to work in our lives god we pray especially for anyone that may be here that just don't know you maybe they like they are like the the jailer um just kind of going through life and doing the best they can lord i just pray that you would Help that person just to look to you and know that you are the loving Father, the loving Father that we need. You want, you want to be our best friend. And God, I pray that today will be the day when the lost person hears your voice and cries out to you and believes just like the jailer did. God, for those of us that may say we've not prayed much lately, I pray, God, that you would help us to start right now and just decide with your help we're going to pray every day. We're going to find us a place if we don't have one. And we're going to just allow you to speak to us and help us to realize that you are everything we need. We need you. We ask these favors in Jesus' name. Amen.